Sunday night, 7 o'clock time for another edition of the Sports Phone here on KZYX. Jerry in Oregon, uh, Jim hanging out in the studio. Jim, happy Sunday. I think this is, yeah, with the way the calendar worked out, this is our first August edition of the Sports Phone. Hope you're doing well tonight. Yeah, August. Somehow August just like makes me think, oh, geez, we're in the middle of summer. And, I, and I've, I've heard the weather in Portland has reminded you of that as well. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a lot uh, going on. It's it's been a lot hotter uh, up here than I'm used to. It's not the end of the world, but uh, it's just something that keeps kind of coming back. Like I keep thinking I'm through the Oregon heat, and then it it's good for a week, couple days, and then it comes back. And uh, we've been in the right in the thick of it the last couple couple of I'd say the last week. It's been real warm again. So yeah. hoping it cools off and, and things start going better. But yeah, it's uh I just we're did in the it. middle of summer. We're I just in, did, we're in the middle of it. We're I just did it. it I just did a ten day for for um for your hometown. And it sounds like it's gonna hover you're not gonna have a big drop off. Sounds like it's gonna hover around ninety for your high for the next ten days or so. Yeah. And yeah. um boy we're hovering at our house right about at seventy seven. I mean it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, it's it's funny with it being early August. All of my teacher friends are starting to talk about having to get ready to go back to school. Uh, some are like already get in the office doing some prep at a few few private schools here and there, but they're all kind of prepping and getting ready and getting ready to go back to it. High school sports will be just around the corner before we know it. Jerry, I got a call here. I'm going to take it. Hello, you're on the sports phone. Hi. Before you get too far into tonight's show, I want to finish an item from last week's show. But first, for a few minutes, I want to talk about the 1912 Olympic champion, decathlon and pentathlon gold medal winner, Jim Thorpe. He was a Fox and Sock Indian born in 1888 in Oklahoma. He was sent to the Carlisle Indian School in Pennsylvania, where he started being noticed for his tremendous and various athletic abilities. Even winning a foot race, which since his shoes have been stolen, he ran in very mismatched shoes. He played football, competed in baseball, competed in track and field, gained more and more renown until he went to the 1912 Olympic Games, where he competed in several events and won by a large margin the decathlon and pentathlon both of which demonstrate many athletic talents, and for which he was awarded gold medals. More than six months later, he was denied amateur status and disqualified when it was learned that he had been paid for some athletic activities, as was common, but better hidden within all pro sports at that time, and which decision was made outside of the time in which an event, an Olympic event, result was allowed to be altered. The International Olympic Committee took back his medals and named him and the second place holder of both events, two different people, as co-champions. Following that, Thorpe competed in National Baseball as an out- National League Baseball as an outfielder, and he played pro football which is in the NFL Hall of Fame. In 1950, U.S. professional sports writers and broadcasters named him the greatest athlete of the first half of the 20th century. Protests 
over its treatment by the IOC in 1912, continued until 1983, 71 years later, when the IOC returned his medals but retained the co-winner's standings. And last month, in July 2022, Jim Thorpe was named by the IOC as the sole winner of the 1912 decathlon and dentathlon, wow. those of which include running, jumping, and throwing, such items as discus and javelin. In 1971, astronaut Edgar Mitchell, while he was on the moon, tossed an extraneous metal rod, calling it a javelin. He may have gone all the way to the moon to make the throw, but he should be disqualified since it wasn't even legitimate equipment. The official recognition by the International Olympic Committee may have taken 110 years, but still, no athlete on Earth or on the moon has outdone Jim Thorpe. All right. Thanks for the Jim Thorpe uh, history. He's he's pretty famous in, and in my world. for the answer to last week's puzzler question, whatever it was, isn't that the answer you were looking for? Uh, golf. Yes, the two were golf and javelin. There you are. Yeah. Hmm. No, it's 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 fun. I always like learning stuff, and uh, I only know Jim Thorpe as a football name. So it's all I it, I didn't know all that other stuff. I only knew him as a as a football oh. player. So it's always it's always I always enjoy learning something about uh, about a sport I don't know that much about in the Olympics, especially the track and field stuff. Or not is a blind spot for me. So I, I like listening to the sports fun sometimes. So thanks Thank for the you. program. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it, it's so you. You didn't know Jim Sport played multiple. Jim Thorpe played multiple sports. Ah, uh, no, I, I only knew him. I I only knew the name because of football. You know, Jerry. I think there's a football award named after him, either in high school or in or either in college or the NFL. Uh, <clears throat> I got an interesting question to ask you about him, but let's um let's take a step back and and um um. That's pretty that's clear awarded. of what's right. No, it's yeah, it's awarded for the best defensive back in college football every year. Huh. That's that name. Yeah. Best defensive back. Yeah, that's why I know the name. Let's take a step back. Uh, tell us what we're up for for this for the next uh, fifty minutes, Jer. Yeah. Well, if it was not clear based on that first call, uh, the <laughs> sports phone. <laughs> I guess it helps to have a call before we talk about the show because it gives you an idea what it what the show actually is. But. Um, <laughs> For, for people that are new to the show, this is an open forum sports talk show. Jim and I are sports fans. Uh, we spend a lot of our lives outside of the show talking about sports, playing sports, coaching sports, all those types of things. We take this one hour a week. Uh, we open up the phone lines at 707-895-2448 and give you, the listeners, the opportunity uh, to call in and talk about whatever you would like to talk about going on in the world of sports. The number to call again to do that is 707-895-2448. Uh, anything related to sports in some way, shape, or form, Jim and I want to hear about it. We'll talk about it. We'll answer any questions or just let you talk. Whatever whatever you'd like to do, we'll, uh, we're here to, to do it as long as it is sports-related in some way. Uh, before we go too much further, though, we're sticking with oh, trying yeah. to make this a thing. We're we're gonna try our best to keep, to make make this a thing. We've had quiz questions, sports trivia questions, 
the last two weeks we got a third one. Uh, I think three weeks is, is a habit. I think we can call this a regular segment at this point. So, Jim, what's our quiz question for today? Well, as, as we learned in the last um, with the last caller last week, uh, what sports have been played on the moon? The answer: golf and the javelin throw. Um, that's that. Let's just put that one to bed. And the uh, this week's sports phone trivia question. Where was the first major installation of artificial turf in a pro sports venue? The bonus question, who developed it, and the time of when it was developed and when it was installed for the first time. First major installation of artificial uh, turf. Where was it? So it's like a three. It's like a three or four part question. Yeah. Where was it? Who made it? And when was it made and put in? Yeah, it's a good I, question. Yeah, there's. It's I like it. That, I mean, turf has become a huge, huge part of uh, sports for better and for worse at some at some points or at some or in certain uh, aspects. So give us a call if you know the answer to that question or if you've got anything you want to talk about. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Hey, Jerry, uh, if you want to get on the sports phone. Seeing I, I, I literally took a call. Um, I was worried that that was an emergency threw call. Everything off. I, I threw I know, I threw, threw off. I took a call before we even introduced the show. But now, now that that call was in, um, I can't remember if the caller said was the, the reason uh, she brought up Jim Thorpe. Was it with a lot happened today, I think, more like a this day. But... I want to add. I, I want to ask you a question, Jer. About see, because you've just heard of him as a football player. Someone in my age, um, he was famous for, you know, winning multiple, you know, Olympics where he he do ten events. It's called the decathlon, I guess. The um, I think there's one with five events, and he could seemed like he could do anything. Played baseball, played football. So my question to you is. Would the Jim Thorpe idea, would it be possible in today's world? And the reason I say that is, you know, they didn't make that much money playing professional baseball and football when Jim Thorpe played. Now it is so, it is so specialized. I mean, there's people that just pitch the ninth inning of baseball games. There's people that only run back punts and do nothing else. My question is, is it would it be possible to excel in more than one, two, three, four sports like Jim Thorpe nowadays, or is there so much money in each individual sport? You see what I'm getting at here. What's the What's the most recent one? Is it Is it I, Is Deion Sanders still the or no? Is, but, was but, the, who Bo was the Jackson? Foot, Barry Sanders. Who was the baseball football one? Bo Jackson, maybe. No, no, no. This was after Bo Jackson because Bo Jackson was another one of them. Um, I mean, Michael Jordan was a flop. I for, wouldn't for baseball. Call him. Yeah. yeah, but this was—I think this was even after that. Uh, a, a recent baseball football? Is that what you're saying? I'm thinking of Deion. San I'm thinking of Deion Sanders. He was—he had—he stole 20 bases in 1994. Uh, led the National League in triples in 1992, and was a Pro Football Hall of Famer inducted in 2011. Uh, and he played in the NFL. 
one. So that, that answers that answers my question. Is it possible in this world? Because that's that's pretty current. Uh, I mean, relative. Yeah. Early nineties. I don't know. I, I, that's why I'm trying to think. Like, I can't think of one after of Deion Sanders in the early nineties. Um, for an American that played two professional sports, so. Hmm. I think it's too competitive nowadays. Well, just in the sense of like, if if you're trying to be a professional athlete or work that path, you're playing with your team in the season. Then you're playing with your AAU team or your club team in the off season. You're working out when there's no season, which is basically like a two week period or something like that. A lot of the time, I think it's too specialized and too competitive now. That's the word. Uh, that's the word that gets me is specialized. Yeah. Is, is is there just isn't time to keep up in more than one one sport? You know, we both could put our foot in our mouth. Some some monster athlete could just, you know, someone like LeBron. It's pretty arg- hard to argue that he couldn't have made it at some level of football with his strength sure. and speed. Yeah, but he didn't do buddy. But, but he but didn't yeah, do I both. I don't think he would have done both though. That's he, yeah. He you would have yeah. picked one. Yeah, see, it seems like that nowadays. Yeah. All right, we got August seventh, Jer. We just talked about that. Are we calling? Are we in the middle of August now? <laughs> I guess I don't know. We're in the the dog days of summer. It all just kind of blends together up uh, right now. But yeah, we'll, we'll no. It's not. There's the a word it's, for it's you. It's early August. It's early August. Do you know the definition of? Do you know the history on what the dog days of summer means? I do not. I don't either. All right. <laughs> you asked that like you were going to be able to answer the question. Right, I asked that August like 7th. you were going to have the answer before I did. Uh, August seventh in 1929. Well, this one, I just, I, I just think, you know, some of these these old-timers, Babe Ruth again, grand slams in two games in a row, ties a record. It had only been done uh, one other time. I don't know how many times it's been done since then. Uh, consecutive grand slams, two games in a row. doesn't matter, home, away. Two games in a row, grand slams. 1929, Babe Ruth. 1936, August 7th. First basketball game in the Olympics. Estonia beats France. I don't even know where Estonia is. 34 to 29. Is Estonia still a country? Uh, yes. All right. They, they was the first b-ball in the Olympics. And you, you got to remember, oh, and, and, you know, the caller, the call about Jim Thorpe, it reminds me here. Um, you got to remember the Olympics went for a long time not allowing our pro athletes in. So um, our pro athletes are now in. So that that has changed. The the U.S. Uh, won the gold in 1936. U.S. won the gold. Yeah. Oh, this wasn't a, a a gold medal game. This was just the first. That was the first game. Ah. Uh, yeah. No, the U.S. won the gold. Canada won the silver. And how Mexico often did won the bronze. as compared to? Final score. Sorry, I'm down this. Re- final score of the of the gold medal game on August 14th, 1936, 19 to eight. The U.S. beat Canada. Jeez, that's well. You got to remember the, the biggest difference there is is not is not the three point line. You realize the biggest difference is There's no shot clock. No shot clock. You didn't have to yeah. shoot. Right. Yeah. We've talked about that a few times here in the sports phone. The difference. I grew up playing basketball in high school. 
and in college. I never, actually, and in professional. I never played a game on the three-point line, and I played high school, college, and professional basketball. Never saw a three-point line. Um, yeah, well, Oregon's still in the Stone Age up here. So. I still can't believe the high some high schools it would. Oh, it's 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 a it's absurd. Nineteen eight nine five two four four eight. Give us a call if you got anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight is the number to call. As a reminder, our quiz question for today: uh, Let us know if you know what the first major installation of artificial turf at a pro at a pro sports venue was. Uh, bonus question: uh, Who developed it and what year was it developed in? 1948, August 7th. Alice Coachman, I like this one. First black woman to win a gold. And you know what I don't have here is is what country she's from. Alice Coachman. It's, first it's right at the beginning. American Alice Coachman. American Alice, okay. Um, 1970. This may be my favorite one because this also brings... We, we have a, a person that called the sports phone that would not allow this to be a sport. She was very clear that this was not a sport. The sport here in 1970 is chess. And it's the first ever... Th th this is an amazing statement. The chess match, all computer chess match. <laughs> and when I first read that, Jer, when I first read it, I thought it meant that the, it was a human playing against a computer because I know they do that now. Yeah, yeah. No, this sounds this, like it was who could write the better chess algorithm. It That's was my the, read of this. It was computer versus computer. Yeah, and, and it said who the winner was, but I, 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 that wasn't my point. And then in 2007, Barry Bonds um, beat Hank Aaron's 756 home runs. That's that's a big deal here in the Bay Area. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it well. It being around at that time because I was I graduated in 2010, so I was in I think I was a freshman or in eighth grade at that point. So you remember that that you remember Bonds chasing Aaron as as a as a middle schooler? I, I remember when it got close, like when he got to like 750, 751. It didn't matter what game was on television. Like whether ESPN, Fox, whatever, it didn't matter who was broadcasting a game nationally. If the Giants weren't on TV, they would cut to Barry Bonds for every at bat. Oh, I like, remember. No matter what the situation was in the game that that was being televised, I remember that they would cut to the Giants TV broadcast for every at bat for Barry Bonds, especially once he got to seven fifty five. I remember that now. I remember that. Yeah. Hello, every you're on. At bat. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. Great show. Um, good evening. Uh, I want to guess about the AstroTurf. AstroTurf yeah, is it. it? You remember the year? Oh, I'm going to guess in question. New Orleans. Did you uh, say, did sorry, you, call, say it again? Sorry, say it again, caller. He said 68 in New Orleans. But um, uh, That is incorrect. That's incorrect, but think about it for a second. Are you saying that... that AstroTurf, you're guessing that it was installed in New Orleans? You said for a pro game. No, where it was installed. In New Orleans, for New Orleans Saints at the stadium. That, yeah, that, that is, that is you're, you're close but uh, in terms of the year, but it, uh, it is there's not the right location. I thought it was in Houston. Okay. It was in the Astrodome in Houston. What? 
Why are you giving him the answer? Jim, what are you doing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how about, how about Jim, Monsanto, Monsanto inventing it? Yeah, Monsanto did it. Jim, that was the biggest blunder I think I've seen you do in a long time. Well, oh, he guessed wrong and I gave him the <laughs> yes, answer? Dude, he guessed the, he guessed the I was so... Listen, caller, no. you're right. I, 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 I lost it there because the last thing I thought someone... With that question, Jared, the last thing... I mean, I, I, I assumed everyone knew if they said it was AstroTurf that they knew it was in the Houston Astrodome. No, no, I didn't know. That, Jim, no. Sorry, I'm, I'm going, Jim, I'm going down this rabbit hole for a second. Not only that, <laughs> when he guessed, you said that you said the word AstroTurf as if it was part of the question, and that wasn't that wasn't the answer to either question. I was worried. I was. I know. I was worried when I read this. When we when I read the question that I was going to say AstroTurf instead of artificial turf. Oh, that's a blunder. Well, call you got the Monsanto part right, but no, it was it was so. It, you said 1968. So the the Astrodome got its turf in 1966, one year after Monsanto developed it in 1965. Uh, okay, well, I got a one right and close with my stoke gun, too. So, hey, uh, thanks for the, the game. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. God, Jim, that was... Uh, like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I was like so beside myself. I know. I, I, You don't have to... You, know, you can dwell on it if you want. I, I screwed that up. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's so, fine. the interesting part, Jerry, I was talking to your mom about this before, and a little bit with you, but mostly with, with your mom, is... is AstroTurf was designed by Monsanto in 1965 to be used in the Houston Astrodome for one reason. It was the first indoor venue. You know, this wasn't a, a retractable roof thing like in Phoenix. This is a an indoor room that they were playing baseball in, an indoor venue. And they had to design it because, it, you know, it, it couldn't grow. And, and then... When they realized it was a better, it was better than regular grass, they started installing it in football and baseball fields outdoors, and they had to change it a little bit because of the sun um, aspect on it. So I, I thought the whole history of artificial turf is pretty interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely a, an interesting topic because it's just it's had so many different like eras too where. There's been so many controversies around it for different reasons. Injuries, right, is one of them? Injuries, yeah, that's probably the most popular one. Or not popular, but it's the most common one. But there's been like other little things that I found that have been really, really interesting. Um, where this is a, uh, one that is just local to this area. So University of Oregon rebuilt their softball facility. Uh, and I don't know if this has changed since this since this happened. This is when I, when I was in college. Uh, University of Oregon rebuilt their softball facility using artificial grass. Uh, and because of that, they weren't allowed to host a regional huh. um, because of the, the, the it, yeah. So there's a lot of like interesting, interesting stuff in that, in that regard. Like there's the little things, but yes, injuries have always been part of it. Uh, and then, yeah, it's, so it's, it's an interesting one for sure. And I'm just kind of looking at the, I'm, I'm looking at the list right now of NFL stadiums and who uses grass and who doesn't uh it's it's pretty pretty evenly so in the in, in the nfl it is legal i mean you, you can host any kind of game you you can use any turf you want sounds like there must I be there must be some there might be some kind of rule about it but yeah you you can um mm. then you have the stadiums like in arizona 
that they roll their grass in and out of the in and out of the stadium. Like it's basically on a, like a big like we it's on wheels. They can just like pull it in and pull it out depending on like what they're doing. What do you mean? You're saying that they put in the rolls of turf just for a baseball game? No, 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 no. So the Arizona Cardinals, there they use real grass, but it's it's on like a big push cart is the simplest way to explain it. So it just gets pulled out of the stadium. Like it slides out of the stadium. Wow. But they're not using it. Semi-artificial. Hello, caller. You're no, on the it's air. Not, it, no, I know. No, not I, artificial at all. Not not artificial at all. It's grass. Yeah. It's just the, it's the craziest thing to, to YouTube, uh, them rolling that whole field out. Good evening, gentlemen. How are we? Hi, Vince. Jim's off his game right now. Wait, so so when you when you say they rolled, they roll it out. Uh, what do you mean? Are they rolling it like like when you buy turf from no, a landscaping you're, company? You're, you're they they roll about, it you're out. About turf the wrong way. It's, you're thinking about rolling it the wrong. Think about a giant a, raised bed. Yes. Think about a giant raised bed on a push cart. I mean, how, how you mean like a four inch high raised bed? <laughs> How, how, Whatever it is, it's on wheels, and it, and it wheels outside, and then they bring it back in to play the game on. It, it, this, uh, this topic is insane. Just, just watching the other day how they transformed the Giants uh, baseball field into a soccer field, covered all the clay with sod, and then tore the sod out to, to make the, the infield again. And they even had to move the pitcher's mound and rebuild the pitcher's mound. What these... What these ground screws can do is pretty crazy stuff. Well, anyone that's watched the, uh, you know, the ultimate in tra- transformation, and I, I know Vince, I don't think you agree with the money in this sport, but the ultimate transformation of any field into anything anywhere has got to be the halftime of the Super Bowl. Oh, for sure. But they actually build a stage and break it down in a, in a thirty minutes performance on it, it's, it's crazy. I can't stand it, but it's crazy. Absolutely. I mean, it's got to do something to the playing surface, though. The players, there has to be an effect on there. I, I, I can't, I guess I've never really seen it come to fruition, but I feel like it's got to do something. All right, you guys, I wasn't paying, I wasn't paying attention. I was off my game. I, <laughs> J- Jer sent me a video, and I watched them install the... Uh, the grass. The grass. It's, it's they bring the whole football field out on wheels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's the same thing though of like uh, basketball arenas that are hockey arenas, and they have the ice underneath the basketball court. Oh yeah. But you know how how they do those things is just amazing to me. Jerry, what's Vegas like? Is Vegas grass? Yeah, they're grass. They are Bermuda, Bermuda grass. And that's an outdoor so, stadium all the time, or is it retractable? That is a retractable roof. Huh. I think. Yep. So, Jerry, they, they win the Hall of Fame game. Are you punching your Super Bowl ticket already? Oh, I was locked in. I watched all of zero, zero seconds of that game. Uh, I, you know, I, the things like, I, I don't know how, it's really hard to get excited for a, a preseason game where nobody played. But I guess if, if there's a takeaway to be had as a Raider fan, there seems to be, and this is not just the game. Like this is the what is what's happening in training camp as well. A level of organization and expectations and professionalism that 
wasn't there the last couple of years. And, and, it, and it would make sense based on who the new coach is, who their general manager is, where they came from. It makes sense that they're going in that direction. So I, I, I'm very optimistic for not, not not because of the game, but just about everything that no. I've kind of heard about. You know, I'm going to inter- I'm going to interrupt here for a second because there was an assumption made here that that the rest of the world listening are 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 10 million <laughs> listeners out there knew that you guys were talking about the Raiders. You never even mentioned what you were talking about. Vince just said, sure. yeah. So Jared's talking about the Raiders playing a preseason game. Yeah. And um, yeah. Vince wants to know if that means they're going to win the Super Bowl. And you guys say I'm off my game. That's fair. <laughs> I, I will say about the Raiders. One one other thing, as a Raider fan, I have a five dollar bet on Derek Carr to win to win to win the NFL MVP this year, uh, which pays out 150 bucks. And I'm feeling real good about my chances for this bet. That's if reasonable. There's year, if there's every year, it's going to be this year. Well, Devontae Adams was not a bad addition. So, you know, not not to dig too deep in the NFL right here, but uh, I thought it'd be – I just had to give you a hard time because of that, that, that game I just, that was just on. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I missed the uh, This Day in Sports. Did you did you hit George Brett on that as well? No, what happened I don't know if you uh, – on this day, uh, I want to say 1981. I could be off by a year, uh, give or take. Um, the uh, pine tar incident. I'm not sure if you're familiar with where George Brett hit a home run. Yankees manager Billy Martin called the umpires looking back, and back then you could only have a certain amount of pine tar on your bat, and he had too much, and they called him out. And George Brett comes running out of the dugout, fists are blazing, and has one of the biggest tirades on an umpire in baseball history. It's one of the most... <laughs> Some people thought he should have been kicked out of the sport for his antics. It was absolute mayhem the way he reacted to that. Uh, one of the most um, prolific incidences in baseball history, for sure. And this was um, for using too much pine tar on a bat. On a bat, yes. It was uh, something that is no, no longer uh, an issue, but that, that was definitely, uh, uh, the reaction was pretty wild. Worth, worth looking up and watching. It's a... Uh, one what of those year? rare moments where an athlete just absolutely loses it. What year? I want to say eighty-one, but I, I could be off. Just type in George Brett Heintar, and you'll you'll. I just see it. I really nineteen eighty-three, nineteen eighty-three, eighty-three. There you go. I remember it, but that that's all I remember. That that that, that I remember the fight. I remember I, I remember that, but I couldn't tell you much more much more about it. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty wild. Um, yeah, um, not sure where else you guys are at tonight. I was uh, just finishing up a little little barbecue with my homemade applesauce. Delicious. Good job on the apples, Jim. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. I'm here, so I'm going to listen in and, and uh, I'll chime back in if I hear anything. Thanks, Vince. Awesome. Thanks, Vince. Hello, you're on the air. Hi. In connection with the George Brett incident, I believe the next day the league reversed it and gave him his home run. They decided that, hey, it, it was a violation of a rule to have pine tar further up in the bat than he had it, but they said there was no cause to call him out. Huh? Not at all. It, it, no, it in no way it, it impacted the game in any meaningful way. And they re- you look it up. I, have, I don't have it in front of me, but I remember they restored it the next day. 
Yeah. Wow. Uh, four, four days. Four days later. So Royals. Four days later. Okay. Four I days after the and I forget the exact language, but they said, hey, it was, a, it was a technical thing. It was of no substance whatsoever. And yeah, so, uh, the, the so he at least got his home run back. And uh, I, I forget whether it altered the, the, the game. I forget that. But I know he got his home run back. And they, they reversed yeah. the, the call on it. That's interesting yeah. after such a such an animated response Vince was talking about. Oh, he, he, he threw a tirade. Oh, there was no, I've never seen him like it. He had, he had about a dozen guys holding him back from beating up the umpire. Wow. I mean, it was that, it was that serious when you see it. I mean, this guy was, just, this, this guy was off his rocker. I'm going to have to watch and, uh, Billy Martin, Billy Martin knew when to stick his finger into things, and he did it. That, he was waiting, lying in wait for it. He knew he knew that 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 Brett used a bat that sometimes the pine tar went up. I think it can't go up any higher than the label on the bat, wherever it is in the middle. And he was waiting for it to happen, and finally it happened. And Billy Martin came out and talked to the umpire and says, "You know, this guy's got to be out. Uh, this bat's no good." And they showed the bat and they showed the rule, and they and the umpires called him out. <laughs> That's anyway, well, thank, thanks, for, uh, thanks for baseball. Thanks for. You know, making making it clear what happened there. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if Vince yeah. yeah. knew that. Thanks a lot. Yep. Okay. See ya. Uh, the bat is currently on display in the Hall of Fame since <laughs> 1987. So, so review that whole thing, Jared. Vince brought it up. This guy interjected the 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 more details. He used pine tar. He hit a home run. They took it away in the middle of the game. He went ballistic. Almost got thrown out of the sport, and four days later, they gave him the home run back. Does that summarize yes, the whole thing? That is, that's a, that's a good summary of uh, of everything there. Wow. Yeah, that's a crazy story. Huh. And you know, the question I had right right then is, um, and may, maybe some people that are older than me or, or watched baseball when they were my age in 1981. Um, you you've never heard you've never heard of George Brett. You, you it was ten years before you were born. My my thing I ask you is don't don't all sports sort of have a, a a bad guy that starts fights more often than other people? You know we got Draymond Green that seems to get in in tussles with referees and and people. So you sort of expect it. Uh, you know I think there's a tolerance where he has to do more to get a penalty or a technical because they're used to it. Yeah. You think there's reality in that? Yeah, I think that, yeah, there's reality to that. So is this guy a crazy man all the time? That's my question. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. That's a, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, I think there's also a lot more leeway in baseball too, right? It, like where if you look at the reactions of players and managers and how they just get in the faces of umpires, obviously you could be, there's another level beyond that, but I think it's a little bit more acceptable in baseball as well. Uh, Brett, I'm looking. I, I'm looking at the memorabilia side of this. He sold the bat to a bat collector for the equivalent of what is now fifty six thousand dollars before it ended up in the Hall of Fame. So it was privately owned at one point. <laughs> the the actual bat. Yeah, the home run ball that was caught. So I guess it was a home run that was not a home run that was then a home run again. Uh, that sold for the equivalent of fourteen hundred dollars, as well as twelve Yankee tickets. Uh, the <laughs> no. caught it. Now, the home run was no record-breaking home run. It was just about the bat, right? Right. Well, it became a famous ball because of the whole sequence. Yeah, the fight and the bat and the... Yeah. Huh. Yeah. No. Well, you know, there's always somebody... In, in Every sport has people that argue more than others. You know, and, you know, you, you said something about, you know, baseball being more tolerant. 
you know, I grew up in a time where tolerance change has changed over the time. I know you know this, Jared, but I don't think you watched enough 25 years ago when you were really young when they actually, in hockey, when two players would get in a fight, which happened all the time in hockey, in, in pro hockey, instead of breaking it up, they would make a circle around. So no one out, the refs would make a circle around the, the two individuals fighting because it was that much part of the sport and they would try to keep other people from getting into it, but they let those two go at it. And that's changed um, since then. So it, you know, it, it's interesting how, how, um, how, you know, violence was tolerated in hockey um, for a long, long period of time until they, they well, it was is actually it was tolerated more in basketball too. The flagrant foul changed that too. Mm-hmm. What do you got cooking up for us there, Jer? Uh nothing specific. I'm I'm open to to whatever here. <clears throat> do you think basketball's become less violent since oh, we're staying on this topic since the flagrant? No, I I just you didn't answer me the first time, so I'm just trying again here. Do you think basketball? Has changed for the better or the worse? Has it become less violent with a with the flagrant foul rules? Oh, that's a weird question because has it gotten less violent and has it gotten better? I think are two different questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's gotten less physical. Has it gotten uh, safer? Do we know it, that it, for it a is, fact? Yes, and I think you could argue it has gotten safer. Uh, do I think less physical is a good thing? Not necessarily. Huh. Yeah, okay. there, there's kind of multiple prongs to that to that question. Hello, caller. You're on the air. You're on the air, caller. Turn down something. Um, or not. Sounds like you have a vacuum cleaner running. Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, anyway, you're fine. Go ahead. Fine this, is, this is Tim. Tim from, from Moscow. Yeah. I think I know the problem. Yeah, that should be better. Yeah. I don't know. It's work. That's better. Just go ahead. Go, go, go ahead. ahead, Tim. Um, a couple of things. Uh, the baseball, and it, um, you can't argue with the rest for too long because you'll be ejected. Sure. So there's that aspect. And, oh, wait a minute, I know a problem. I see a problem. I'm going to ring off and I'll call, I'll call you back. Give us a call back. Sure. So it's funny, I want to comment on what Tim said there, because he's talking about like in baseball, you, you do too much, you get ejected. I think what I was referring to was kind of the acceptable part of what happens after you get ejected, where like you get tossed in a basketball game. You get two technical fouls and you get tossed. You're, you're out. You're, you're done. You're yeah. Gone. You're walking into the, you're walking into the tunnel. And that's the end of it. Same with football. You get ejected, whatever. Baseball, you get ejected. You're going to sit there and then and continue to argue for another minute, right? Another minute, <laughs> minute and a half. Where it, the, the, in, the, enter, the most entertaining part of the argument in baseball after. is after the ejection has occurred. <laughs> and that's just like an accepted part of baseball where just the manager loses it, throws his hat, you know, you know I, right in the I, face, you know, because they're so close. That's the... That's that's when the argument is the best. Yes, he's already been ejected, 
but he's not getting like dragged off the field. I, I was accepted part. Of it. My my point of bringing up the thing about hockey was, in hockey, they were accepting the fight because they thought it was part of hockey, and people would get their nose broken, their eyes poked out, their you know their jaws broken. Where in baseball, it's just a bunch of. Uh, Adults screaming at each other. Is that you, Tim? Well, that's when it's that's yeah. when it's manager it's and coach, not the, not player to player. Player to player gets a little violent in baseball sometimes. Huh. Go ahead, Tim. I'm I'm going to jump in on on the hockey and then go on to something else. Um, I went to Colorado College, uh, which was a it's a small school, but it, it could play. It had a great hockey team, and college hockey there might be a scuffle, a fight. But nothing, nothing like the NHL, um, and it got so bad. It, it was just not. It was not an interesting game to watch. Um, uh, if you want to go watch people throwing their fists at one another, you go to an NHL game. But if you want to go watch hockey, you would go to a college hockey game and uh, enjoy it as a sport. And I'm I'm happy to say, I guess the NHL really has clamped down on um, the kind of fisticuffs and just general brawling. The, that used to kind of discourage fans from going and watching the game. So that's my rant on, on NHL. And I'm going to segue over to Vin Scully. Ah, um, yeah. And we, we need to mention Vin Scully. Um, uh, gosh, um, I had some good thoughts about Vin Scully. Actually, not about Vin Scully, but, but about play-by-play guys. Uh, people like Vin Scully um, that are... It's kind of a bygone era. People don't listen to baseball on the radio anymore. I don't think people own radios anymore. I don't know. I, I, I know people that, that use a radio to, to, to listen to the Giants in Mendocino all the time. And it's, it's yes. Probably a dying breed, but, but I know people that do it. I, I don't say that baseball is on those sports that you can listen to it um, and you don't have to watch what's going on. And if the person is a good play-by-play individual like Ben Scully or you, you name it. Um, it's just uh, entertainment, pure and simple, and it's wonderful. Yes. And it's, it's uh, I guess, Ben um, Scully was more than just a great play-by-play uh, commentator. He was just an all-around great guy. So yeah. um, the yeah. world is a poorer place without him. Yeah, the, and, the thing that I, I, I remember about it, or, or not remember, but that stood out to me like the, with everything that happened with Ben Scully, Recent, like since he just since he passed recently, was like the best sports broadcasters I've never said are are they're 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 really good storytellers. I think that that is what sets them apart. And Vin Scully, like they, I saw some clips of it where he could be telling a a story about a player and weave in the play by play. Nothing <laughs> felt forced. Nothing felt awkward. It was all supernatural. He he was a amazing storyteller, and that's what the best broadcasters are, especially baseball and those slower sports. Hmm. Yeah, Tim, I got another call. Let me take it and uh, listen up, and give us a call back if you got anything more to add. Okay. Thanks, Tim. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. You're on the air. Thanks for waiting. Hey, uh, I just wanted to. Uh, the the George Brett thing the, the 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 story was really about Billy Martin. Billy Martin should have been kicked out of baseball about a hundred times, but he he's just really good at what he did, getting under people's skin. That was the manager, right, of the Yankees in that incident, correct? 
Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to hang up now. I'm getting an echo. But oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for the input. You're on the air. Uh, yeah, thank you for taking my call. I, I was actually having pizza today at a restaurant, and uh, there was an NHL highlights on the television there, and I watched it, and I thought, this is a game that doesn't have rules. I, I, I don't know much about sports, but why can you go up and whack somebody and push somebody over and then knock the puck in the neck, net and, uh, you know, make some points? Uh, I, I, it's, now that I think about it, it sort of reminds me of big-time wrestling where they throw um, people up in, up in the air and they flip around and drop on a mat somewhere. It's, uh, it, it's uh, a little... I don't get it. I don't see the sport there. It's caller. It's funny. I I was there at one point in my life with hockey, where it it took me a really long time to see anything on in a hockey game other than just pure chaos. Because I I didn't get it. I didn't understand what the strategy was. I just thought everyone was flying around on skates, hitting each other. I it, it never made sense. I didn't understand the rules. Yeah, Where I came, uh, you, you, you just said on stage. I really think, uh, you know, maybe that's why people watch it. Maybe that's what a lot of it is about. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, it took for me really sitting down and watching some games with some hockey players, uh, or not with, with some hockey players and big hockey fans to, to finally be able to watch it at a level where I could appreciate what was going on. The, the version of this for me that, I, that I've run into kind of flipping it around the other way is I, I've had a lot of experiences with people that watch soccer that just don't get it. And, and I'm a huge soccer fan. It's, it's probably my favorite sport to watch, even though basketball is my favorite sport to play. It's what I've played my whole life. Soccer is probably my favorite sport to watch. And I've had so many experiences with people especially in the United States where soccer is not as popular. They just will watch a soccer game. They think it's boring. Well, yeah, uh, what a great sport. But that sport has rules and regulations which are enforced. And, and I think the National Hockey League guys team is, is just a bunch of gladiators with sticks poking around. And, and I don't get what oh. what's right and what's wrong. It doesn't seem right. like there's and, no and that's, and that's exactly right and wrong my, there. My point. Yeah, and, and that's exactly kind of where I was going with that. Was like it, I finally got to the point where I understood the rules of hockey enough where I could understand where where I, it didn't look like just gladiators anymore. Where now that I had some level of understanding, I could appreciate the skill involved in hockey I'm gonna, beyond the, the the physicality of it. I'm going to jump. No doubt about that. And indeed, gladiators have quite a skill involved. You know, they they have an acquired skill and earned and. I'm telling you, I grew up in the East Coast in, in hockey country, and there's something that, that when people say, oh, hockey is this, hockey is that, you got to remember, these people are skating, which is pretty pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. you, you got to yeah. remember that. that That's a skill in itself that they, they have. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Jeez. Anyway, that's Thanks. my take. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Appreciate it. Thank you, that, Jim. That's always so funny because like, I, 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 you, when you had said that to me the first time, I'm like, "Oh, you're right." The, I before I could even learn how to play hockey, I would have to learn how to skate. The, that like, part of it can go any. I could teach anyone how to shoot a basketball because all they have to do is run around. But, I know. but no one's teaching you how to play hockey until you know how to skate, and that would be the harder part for me. Yeah, well, I'm sure believe I can me, get it but believe me, at some point. Hello, call. You're on the air. 
you know, talking about, you know, whether course sports are tougher or nicer than they used to be, it's interesting. I am sort of a friend of a friend who, you know, was high school baseball star and then in college baseball star. And then when he got into the minors, uh, the pitcher started throwing at him. He was, you know, like an outfielder that would go and then hit the home runs, you know, the guy you'd have there to clean up, you know. And so they started hitting him with the ball. And he, he says that's why he didn't make it into the pros, is because the, the way the game was structured, they let these pitchers get away with it. And he said it was especially bad when, like, somebody had hit somebody the week, you know, the game before, and then the pitcher would be obligated to hit him, and he's the one that they would pitch because he was their best hitter. And uh, what he said is it always seemed unfair to him that, you know, the pitcher's got a weapon. He's got this ball he throws at you at 100 miles an hour, and you've got a bat. But if you ran out on the field and hit that pitcher, the same place he hit you with the ball, you hit him in the same place with the bat, you'd be in a lot bigger trouble than he was. Uh And he always thought that was so unfair because he said they ruined his baseball career. And it was, I really didn't have an answer for him. You know, he was like, why do the rules so much worse? What happens to the guy if he runs out with there with a bat and hits the pitcher that just hit him? Well, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's like the ultimate example of whenever there's a, a con, like an, an, an interaction like that in professional sports, the re. React D, whoever reacts always gets in more trouble than the person that instigates it. It always seems like they're the one that gets in more trouble. So, so meaning I could just run out there with a bat and hit him first. Yeah, right. Well, no, you'd like, get in the same amount of trouble. It's the rules that are the thing that make it unfair. I think yeah. you'd be arrested yeah. if you did that. Oh yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's, you know, I've seen people get hit in the head with the ball. No, I know. knew he was going to get hit because the other pitcher had hit one of their guys. We know they're going to have retribution happen, and boom, he hits the guy in a helmet. Yeah. And I, I will give credit for, for all the flack that Major League Baseball umpires get nowadays for having questionable strike zones, it, it seems like. They have gotten very, very on top of if there's something that's questionable in terms of a, a hit batter, umpires shut that down real fast, where they'll just be like, you're warned, you're warned. Anybody does something stupid, you're you're done. So there's been an evolution yeah. to that in terms of baseball safety, where umpires have I think gotten very good at stopping that stuff before it starts. For the most part, obviously things are still going to happen. Yeah, it's called instant but, replay. It's because they can look at it on film and they can say that was intentional, and they can well, say it makes the consequences greater. Sure. That, that's sure. what happened in that's what happened in bas- basketball. I don't know if caller if you know it. I know Jerry knows it, but that's what the instant replay of of the intentional foul. They got a whole group of people voting whether it was intentional or not. Yeah, is that better or worse? That sounds good. Oh, wait. Well, no, because I've heard Jim a lot of times talk about not like having the video. That has anything to do with the. Oh, I got you. Oh, I got you. Sorry, procedure. I thought you were talking about. Quality. And then here we are talking about it, like maybe it's good. No, I, I actually don't. I don't. I, I'm saying they're doing that, but uh, and I, I can talk about the replay review a lot, but I don't agree with it. I don't think it should you be. You don't any. agree with it for okay. 
You don't agree with it for for determining punishment either, Jim? Never. The the refs have to make the decision based on what they see because they're human. I I got another call. I'm running out. No, no, no. I have a question. (laughs) No, 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 no. Go ahead. Hang on, caller. so (laughs) So you would then say that the NBA shouldn't have reviewed any tape of the brawl between the Pistons and the Pacers to determine punishment? They should just instincts just said, this person gets this? Oh Jesus! That wasn't that. That became not part of the game. And, right. So, but that's what I'm. That's a cop out. I know that is a cop out. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Though, is like it's there's a difference between reversing calls and using replay to determine the severity of something. That's true. They're actually using on the intentional foul rule. They're using it to determine punishment. The, the punishment. Yeah. I'm running out of time here. Let me take another right. call. Appreciate it. You're on the air. Hello. I'm going to jump back in here on the radio talk. Good um, for you, Vince. I, I I love listening to baseball on the radio. Like, one of my favorite things. But you got to have good people. It's just like any good radio program, period. You have to have good talkers to keep it moving. And on top of that, I'm a huge hockey fan. But have you ever tried listening to hockey on the radio? Now, that takes a skill. Have you ever listened to hockey on the radio? I've basketball. I, I have. I can't I, listen to hockey I or have, baseball. It's, it's too. It's too much. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I like. I like listening to the bas- like, like the Warriors guys on the radio are, are pretty good uh, for basketball, and that's fast paced. You know, if you know the game well enough, you can picture what's happening. Uh, if the if, if you know the, the prognosticators are good on the radio, obviously, um, and baseball works the best, but I don't know. I, I wanted to chime in on that because I like listening to all sports on the radio. Uh, I find it to be just a neat way to dig into the game and get from yourself. So hmm. that's just my two cents on that on that topic. So thanks again, guys, for a great show. Thanks, Vince. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Vince. Jerry, I was going to introduce. I, I introduce. I was going to interject and and um, question. You know, one of my favorite callers uh, just just uh, was talking about the the NHL. Um, the guy that said, you know, that it's just a bunch of gladiators running around hitting each other. I, I just that just hit me strongly. They may not agree with the nastiness of it and the fighting of it, but it is a highly skilled finesse sport but for someone that doesn't understand it i totally get why it looks like that huh like you can you can make the same argument about football right where if if you don't understand football right like if if you don't understand the technique that goes into being an offensive lineman or the technique of going into like you know jamming a guy at the line and kind of thing that just looks like hand-to-hand combat that just looks like a gladiator sport when it, it, it's it, funny it, it's everything it looks like that until you can appreciate like understand it and appreciate it. that's hard with hockey funny story here jared that exactly that is i just remembered it um i was working in a pub in in, in england when i was working there and i turned on um, a football game once on one of the televisions, mm-hmm. and it was a big game. It was a it was a playoff game or something like that. 
people could care less. They they didn't understand it. They didn't want to understand it. They this was a you know it was hilarious. They could I mean they they didn't understand football and they could care less about it. I think that's what you're getting at with hockey there a little bit. Hello, you're on the air. Yeah, hey, I got two things I want to say about hockey. Uh, one, it's like basically soccer. <laughs> uh, the other is that I have a really hard time watching hockey as well because they allow fighting in it. And maybe that's a topic for another uh, show, which is sportsman uh, conduct within, you know, sports. Um, fighting is just unsportsmanly like conduct, and it makes hockey just unwatchable for me. I mean, what do you guys have to say about that? That's fair. We're out of with, time, Jerry. Without, without go ahead. a lot of time to go into this, just because I we're running short on time, caller. My my answer to that, without again, I, I think we can unpack this more next week. It's gotten a lot better in hockey, where they they have done a very adept, or a, they've been very aggressive in weeding that out. I would say over the last 15, 20 years, it's still an issue, but it is. I, I don't think that criticism of hockey is as pertinent as it used to be. It's still an issue, but I think hockey is very much more watchable than it was. You know, Jerry, this this is not uh, hockey. They took fistfights out of it. Football, they took hitting in the head out of it. Basketball, they took flagrant fouls out of it. This is a trend, not just with hockey. Yes, yes, Jerry, we, we we're down to a minute. Yeah, we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, so we'll be back next week. That will be the 14th of August. So we've got a mid-August show. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for calling and listening in. Uh, Jim, let's wrap it up here, and we'll talk to everybody next week. Thanks for calling, or thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Jer. I always like to thank you, Jer. It's, it's uh, one of my favorite hours of the week. You know, um, Jer, I know you're off, but uh, one of these weeks, Jer, we're going we're gonna, to uh, get to some of our topics. For sure. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM. And Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org. And consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.